Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, welcome to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. So I just finished crying. (laughs) I just finished crying on this episode. Now that might not be a big surprise. I've shed some tears on a few episodes of the podcast because I don't know, it's just these experts. We start having conversations and it starts feeling like a therapy session. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Danielle Byard Jackson. She is a certified friendship coach and national speaker dedicated to teaching women how to create and maintain meaningful friendships. So do you have some friends where you're kind of like, man, like, I don't know, I feel a little disconnected. We've had some life transitions. Our friendship isn't the same anymore. Or I don't know if I should cut this person off or keep them in my life. This is the conversation for you. She's also the host of the Friend Forward podcast where she shares so much valuable information. She has a book coming out called Fighting for Our Friendship. So she is someone to follow, especially if you are interested in learning how to maintain your friendships. We talk a lot about relationships on this podcast, but what about your sister circle? What about your girls, right? So she got into this because she used to be a high school teacher and she saw how friendship issues were impacting the lives of her female students. She then became a publicist and realized that a lot of her clients were also struggling in their relationships with women as well. So a lot of them were asking her for advice and that's how Friend Forward was born. So you're going to get a lot out of this conversation from my tears, my honesty about some friendships, about what are some red flags to watch out for, how to set boundaries with friends, or how do you even just maintain a friendship as an adult, right? Life happens. How do we do it? We'll find out all about it on today's episode of the Go Girl Podcast. Please share with me what part resonates with you on social media at I am Ashley Caprice at Go Girl Movement, or hit me up on my website gogirlmovement.org. Now let's get into some girl talk with Danielle Byard Jackson. First, I want to ask about this one TikTok video. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. it. But there's one video where it says, we replace our friends every seven years. Is that true? I'm like, most of our friendships are between 10 and 20 years long. Am I, am I friends with them too long? What's going on? (laughs) No, no. Yeah. No, that one always gets like that piece of, of, of information always gets people like, wait a second, what? So there's, there's research that was done before the pandemic. I like to say that because I'm curious about how things have changed since, but there was research conducted prior to the pandemic that suggests we replace half of our friends every seven years. And so, you know, normally in response to that, people are like, well, wait a second, I've been friends for a long. And and that's great. That does, you know, that's, that's awesome. And I always say research is a guideline. It just gives us some insight into what's going on. And so, you know, it just speaks to there sometimes being a natural friendship pruning. And it makes sense because for a lot of us, there are big changes happening about every seven years. You're going from like high school to, you know, what being uh, in your, the first year of your career. Right. Like there's so much that happens between that time or, you know, just getting out of college and maybe getting married and having kids, you know, and I know I'm generally generalizing here with our certain timelines, but you know, a lot of different life changes, or maybe you've adopted some new worldviews over seven years. That's a long time. And so 
friends or the company you keep tends to come along with that, who shares those new ideals, who can relate to you in this new life season. And so some people we keep and others we kind of, we kind of shed. So it's not necessarily a good or bad thing, but I think it helps for people who are like, well, am I normal? Am I not? And am I doing this right? I think it just offers a little bit of perspective. So I heard you mention the word shed. Is that like, should we shed those friendships or should we just like give them some space, like, okay, well, maybe they have different views, but I still love them. I still want to keep in touch with this person, although we are a little different now. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I I know there's so much conversation around like, well, toxic friends, do I cut her off? Do I not? And I always like to kind of like super simplify it to, does this friendship offer value in your life? However you define that, but does it offer value in some way? So whether it's, yeah, actually being with her is really fun. I mean, if that's enough, that's what you're looking for. Great. If it's, man, yeah, she always finds a way to like give me emotional support when I need it. Great. So does she offer value in your life? As soon as it begins to take away, Mm -hmm. like sustaining this friendship is taking away from things in my life. Now you have something to look at. So whether it's your emotional wellness, like maybe she's really fun, but whenever you come together and then, and then you leave that interaction, you feel emotionally depleted or you find yourself dreading hanging out with her. I think that points to something bigger. So as long as you can ask yourself with the good and the bad, when you take an aerial view of everything, does it offer value or is it taking away from things you got going on? And then hopefully that points you in the direction of what it is you need to do. I like that. And I know you had a post up that I'm pretty sure a lot of us have dealt with, um, like obligatory friendships Yeah, and feeling like, oh my gosh, well, we've been friends for so long. It's hard to let go or, you know, just life changes. So can you talk to me about like signs of an obligatory friendship and if we should continue on with this friendship or gracefully let go? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I have a lot of women who will say to me like, yeah, now that I I think about it, I guess that my friendship does qualify. So these friendships that we maintain out of a sense of obligation or duty, or we'll say like, oh my God, but we've, we've been friends so long that I have to keep this up. And, you know... There will be times, I I like to talk about all the nuance. There will be times in a friendship where we're not in an exciting season and it does feel kind of dry and we're like in our routine. I don't know that that's an indicator we should leave or cut it off. I think maybe we should approach it the way we would a romantic relationship. If things get a little dry, you're like, okay, how can we spice this up? Let's do something different. Let's take a trip. We haven't been on a trip in a while. So it might speak to a need that you have to like bring some thrill back into the friendship. That's one thing. But if you find that your sole reason for being friends is because you feel like you have to honor history, I think that says something. If, If you feel like you have to because she's such a good person and she's been so loyal to you, so to pay her back, you have to keep being her friend, I think that says something too. And so if you're in that space where you're like, oh my gosh, this is describing some friendships I have, a couple you know, pieces of insight or, or things to consider. One is remember that we only have so much time and space. So anything you're spending with one person, you are you know, by extension, taking from another. Is that something you're willing to do? Also, you know, she deserves to be in the company of people who love time with her, they appreciate all of her. They elect to be her friend. They want to be together. She deserves that. And so if she's with you and you find yourself, you know, after y'all leave to hang out, you're like, oh God, I could have been doing something else with my time. She doesn't deserve that. 
Right. doesn't make you a bad person, but we all deserve to be with people who just, they love our company. They really appreciate our friendship. If you can't give her that to some extent, am I being honest in the friendship? Am I not giving her what she really needs? Right. Cause I know if I found out somebody was being friends with me, cause they felt like they had to, I'd be like, girl, well, let me go. You know, right. like don't do me any favors. So when we think of it that way, like you wouldn't want somebody hanging out with you because they felt like they had to, you know, you wouldn't want for yourself. And so just some of those things kind of help us understand. Okay. And then the last thing I'll say here with these, you know, obligatory friendships is think about adjusting it and modifying it before letting it go. So I do get the question a lot of like, should I cut her off or not? And I'm like, well, hold on. There's a range of options between that. Can you guys be friends if you just reduce the frequency? Mm -hmm. Like maybe she's a lot for like an everyday friend, but you totally enjoy her once a month or every Saturday. You just can't do every day. So can I modify our frequency? And then also can I adjust how I rank her. And then I hesitate in using that language, but maybe right now she expects to be your level 10 friend, the person you invite to do everything. You're sharing with her what's going on in your marriage. You're supporting each other, all these things. Um, but maybe she just needs to be like a level five friend where you like, she's a really fun shopping buddy, or she is fun to go on trips with, but maybe you don't expect her to support you emotionally and, and you don't do the same for her. But if you recategorize it, then actually it is a good fit. Now we just needed to make an adjustment and it doesn't feel like such a drain of my resources. So first, you know, ask yourself why I'm in this relationship. Ask yourself, can I adjust it before cutting it off? And I think that will offer us a little more insight as to how to operate in that situation. So say someone chooses to cut the friend off. Mm-hmm. How do you even do that? Like, how do you break up with the friend? It sounds so sad. And, and I posted this on my social media and so many people I asked, like, have you ever had a friendship breakup? And 100% in my stories said yes. And some people said it was like the hardest thing they've had to do. Like, how do you even do that? How do you even have that conversation? Yeah, it's really hard, right? And and so painful. And, and especially for women, you know, we're taught to minimize or reduce harm. We want to make sure everybody feels okay. And then we don't want to be mean. You know, we have a, a big value placed on likability and being nice from when yeah. we're young. So we have an aversion to anything that will make us look like we're being mean or hurting your feelings. So all that stuff sometimes is what keeps us in those obligatory friendships like we talked about. But if you do get in the place where you're like, no, I have to let this go. Two insights. The first is, you know, if there's a mutual friendship fade, in my opinion, that is okay because it happens all the time and everybody's doing that. We're all on the same page. It happens all the time. We, we call a little less, we, we go out a little more before we know we're not friends, but all parties have to participate. Mm -hmm. As soon as one person wants to maintain the friendship and the other does not, and she wants to fade it out. Now a conversation is required to kill that gap in the middle of, of a discrepancy between our understanding of what this is. Now I owe you a conversation because you're under a different impression of, of what this is. And so, yes, it is very hard. Yes, it is possible that she says, you know, calls you out your name or she's like, you're super rude. I can't believe you. That's all possible. But is that going to stop me from doing what I feel like I need to do? Because I'm scared. I might hurt her feelings or she might misunderstand or tell people about me. A lot of women stay because they don't want that. So if you get to a place where you're like, no, I have to say it, we, we have to talk. The first thing I suggest is you want to do it as in-person as possible. Um, it's kind of hard to receive. Like, I don't think we should hang out over text unless that's how you all normally communicate. So you want to try to do it over the mode that you guys typically talk in. Uh, if I see you every day and then I email you, that, that that's a big shift. 
So you want to keep it in the same mode of communication that y'all normally talk to reduce miscommunication, to reduce confusion. And as much as she can see your face or, or get your tone that you're being super sincere is helpful. And then when it comes to how you want to phrase it, I always suggest that you want to put more emphasis on what you're looking for and what you need, as opposed to her inadequacies. So instead of telling her like, you know what, I just feel like you're too this and you're not this enough. And we don't want to do that because people tend to defend, they lose sight of your point. And also because at the end of the day, it's relative. She might be a great friend for somebody else. So we're not going to tell her all the ways she's she's missing and we're lacking. She's perfect to somebody else. So I'm just going to focus on what I'm looking for because I'm not getting it here. So I might say, listen, I know you and I have had a little bit of tension lately, and I think I need to prioritize being in spaces where I feel like I can relax a little more and be my be myself. I think I need to be in those spaces. And so I don't think I'll be able to do that and maintain this friendship at the same time. And so the last thing I want is, is to hurt you. So, so I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I just thought I owed it to you to, to tell you directly that's where I am. Yes, she might be mad, disappointed, all those things, but she's got to respect that you came clearly, compassionately, indirectly, even though it might not be what she wants to hear. I like that. That's communication. That's honesty. That's yeah. accountability. And I like that you said, take it from a space where, okay, this is what I need. This is what I'm not getting. It's just like a relationship. Any, yeah. <laughs> you know, relationship, like the relationship changes, starts fading. You're like, well, I'm not getting this or I need this. And that person could be great for someone else, but just mm-hmm. not great for you anymore. So it's about like less about the friend and more about you and what you need. And like you said, and even during that conversation, things could change. The friend could be like, oh, well, I didn't know you needed that from me. Um, I can step up now and show up for you in this way. And then your relationship in the bond could actually become stronger because you decided to communicate instead of let it fade away and just cut the friendship off completely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And because I feel like over the past few years, a lot of people, and especially around the new year, people are always cutting mm-hmm. people off. And it's like, how about have a conversation maybe? <laughs> how about set some boundaries first, right? Instead exactly. Of just off, or you're just going to be out here alone in this world and we're all meant to connect with others. And we can learn a lot about ourselves by connecting with others and having these meaningful friendships. So sometimes a conversation is all that's needed. I do want to ask though, before that conversation, like, are there some red flags that we should look out for when it comes to starting a new friendship or if we should maintain a friendship or not? Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's a popular conversation. We're like, tell me the red flags. I'm getting out my pen. I need a checklist. And you know, there are some things I like to say that are very, like they stand out and like, beware, beware, beware. And other things I say, you know, you want to look at things in context. So I know for me, you know, I, I like to think I've grown a lot as a friend. I know for me, I've made the mistake in college of trying to bond with a new friend by sharing a little bit of information about somebody else or Mm. saying something disparaging about somebody else to connect with her. And she agrees with me. And, and so I've made the mistake of doing that before it to bond, but I know somebody else would see that as a red flag. Like, Oh, you know, somebody who talks about people and y'all barely know each other. She's talking about other people, red flag. And I would agree with that. Right. It doesn't feel very comforting because it makes you wonder, well, wait a second, can I trust you? Are you trustworthy? But I know that also I made that mistake and been like, well, that was not a good call, but I know in every other way, I'm a good friend, but I made the bad decision of, of starting a friendship like that. And so we have to take everything into context. But with that being said, there are some things that scream, especially in a newer friendship, ooh, beware. And one thing is, it's not necessarily a a bad 
explicitly bad thing, but not keeping your word. So if somebody says like, oh yeah, I'll reach out to you on Saturday or yeah, we should go next week. And they don't, they don't call. They don't go next week. They don't acknowledge it. Like, oh my gosh, hey, I know I said Saturday, but I can't make it. Somebody who says, oh, I'll send you that thing. And they don't or, or whatever it is, but they don't follow through. Yep. That's a big one because that's one you need to sustain you through the friendship. I need to feel like I can count on you. So I need you to at least demonstrate that that's possible in the little ways before I start to emotionally invest in this. So people who keep their word and they do what they told you they were going to do is a big one. Anybody who publicly embarrasses you and, and, and minimize it as I was just joking, mm. you know, you want to be a little careful with that. Again, we're not vilifying that person, but it's hard to feel emotionally safe with somebody who's willing to do that. Anything like lying and being dishonest and you keep catching them in dishonest things is another one. I can't relax really into being yourself. If you're always wondering if they're telling the truth, there's no time for that. Um, so there's little things that in the beginning, you're like, Oh, I don't know. So I always say, be aware of what's like a universal, maybe red flag. What's something you think you guys could like talk through. Like if you mentioned it, is she even aware? Like, Oh snap. I didn't even know I did that. You know? So, so look at things like a full open mind, but also just kind of be observant as well. And I think a nice balance of the two will, will be a good thing. What about, you talked about this on one of your TikTok posts. What about the friend who calls and kind of emotionally, just emotional mm. dumps? Like yeah. <laughs> they're, they just want to talk all about their life and all of what they're going through. And, you know, you'll share a little and it's kind of like, they're not interested so much. How do we set that boundary with that friend? Like, oh, this is, I think this is a good friend, but how do I let her know like, hey, my life is important too. Yeah, exactly. This is a tough one, right? Because we know so many people were like, oh, she's a good person. She's really fun. But golly, like every time we talk, it's I, I'm an audience member and she's giving these long monologues and I don't enjoy it. At the end of the day, look, if, we're, if we strip it down to the fundamentals, like we just strip it down to friendship basics at the very bottom layer of that of that friendship building is positivity. Meaning when we come together at the very least, it needs to be a pleasurable experience. And it's not fun to every time we get together, I have to sit and listen and you don't let me participate. Then why am I here? It's, it's very one-sided, right? So at the most fundamental level, we need to try to kind of bring some balance back to that because it's not, it's not fun. Right. And then also in our friendships, you know, if we're trying to get a little deeper, we want to feel known by our friends, but she doesn't get a chance to do that if she's not asking questions and demonstrating an interest. So again, to your point earlier, before we, we cut off and say, you know what, she doesn't care about my life. I'm done. Could she possibly self-correct if she had all the information available to her? I always ask if your friend had all the information would she choose differently? So if you were to say to her playfully, because it doesn't always have to be formal and heavy. If I do say playfully, like, okay, now, now, you know, I love hearing about your life, but I, there's something I need to share about what I got going on. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that right, okay? Right, right. You know, it's playful, but I'm also sending the message, which is very clear, which is I want to turn to now. Okay. So, you know, whether it's just one time or if you notice a pattern, then you can address it holistically. You can say, Hey, you know, sometimes when we come together, I know we kind of talk about what you've got going on, but sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I want to share with you like things that are happening in my life too. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's gentle, but it's direct. And you want to pay more attention to how she responds. That's what's important. Not if she talks about herself. That's a, a little obnoxious. But what's important is how she responds to my information of, hey, I want more balance. If she is indignant or if she's like, uh, okay, or any of that, 
that tells me everything I need to know. Um, but if she's, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. I did do that. I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Your turn. And what's interesting is when I posted that video, if you look at the comments, I was surprised by how many women said, oh my gosh, I'm guilty of this. Mm. I'm guilty of that. And I, and I know my friends probably feel this way. I wish they would tell me. I need them to tell I was surprised. I didn't expect so many women to take the side of the person who's always dominating the conversation, right. which tells me that we should be saying it more because a lot of us don't even realize we got really excited and we're just telling all about us. And we don't think to stop for a second and say, time out. What's going on with you? How was that date last Saturday? We were just not mindful. Um, and so, yeah, it's annoying when a friend dominates the conversation, but at least try in a playful yet direct way to let her know that you'd like to share a little too, and then watch for her reaction. What do you think that is? Is it women? <laughs> like we don't like conflict so much. And we, a lot of times, a lot of women are people pleasers. So it's like, okay, I'll just, I'll sit and listen. You know, one day I'll get to my chance to talk, but it's okay. I'll listen. Like, where does that come from? Oh my gosh, so many things. Okay, so you know, I'm, I'm highlighting that now in the book that I'm writing, uh, titled "Fighting for Our Friendships." But that's not out till 2024. So I'm like, oh, you know. Um, but some of what I'll share with you now is, I, I think it's a lot of things. One, I think from a young age, we're taught to be polite and be nice, and we don't want to be impolite or mean by being like, girl, we have a problem, right? I want to seem like I'm, I'm likable, I'm easy to get along with. I don't want to be seen as a drama queen. I don't want to be. I don't want to be seen as impolite. And so because of that, I'm going to keep this inside. But that is also the reason why more women report having anxiety and depression. We ruminate because we keep it inside because we've been told that to let it out or to express it is being unladylike. You're being difficult. You're being a drama queen. So we keep it inside. We also know that, you know, having a lot of friends, we, a lot of us see as like a good thing. Like the girl who's got a lot of friends, we see her as likable and like, you know, magnetic and fun. And so we don't want to risk losing friends um, by saying, Hey, what you said the other day, you know, rub me the wrong way. Like that wasn't cool. We feel scared to do that. And so the irony of that is that a lot of the platonic intimacy that we desire is on the other side of saying, girl, what you said the other day, made me feel some kind of way because it's her chance to say, I had no idea. I am so sorry. You're right. And now I feel closer to you after that. Like you heard me, you accepted it. You loved on me. You apologize. I feel connected. And the friend who gets called out should feel more connected. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that was her boundary, but now that I know, okay, I know how to love on her. She needs this and she doesn't like this. Now I know. And so we both get what we want when we get past that little awkward moment, but it creates emotional division and, and separation, misunderstanding. And in my opinion, premature termination of friendships mm-hmm. when we keep it all inside. Yeah. Ooh, we we're being vulnerable with each other when we yeah. can share what's going on with each other. And we, but we really have to listen to each other and like, and yeah. not be so defensive because it, it might be different, especially like I've had friendships 10 to 20 years. And so if someone brings something up and like, we're not used to bringing something up, that could be a little something different in the friendship too. People could get defensive because it's like, well, we've never had an issue or we never, you know, when all the time there might have been an issue, but we just Mm -hmm. stayed quiet about it. So speaking up is actually a good thing. This is the same thing we teach in relationships. Like the relationship will get better if you speak up for your needs and your desires and your wants. Like you don't want to just be in a dead end relationship and you don't want to be in a dead end friendship either. Mm -hmm. 
Danielle, so tell me a little of your story. Like, how is your relationship with your friends? Like, you are married with children. How do you maintain your friendships during those life transitions? I'm not married and I have no children. And I I did feel a shift, of course, with my friendships when those things happen in their lives. We just probably won't hang out as much anymore, speak as much, but there's still love and we still check in and we still talk. Mm -hmm. How is that for you? How do you deal with life transitions? Yeah. So I've got all those things going on. You know, I always say, I, I, people will ask like, how did you get into this? Because, you know, you've always had friends and this and that, and you've got to, they imagine me with like a big squad and I'm like, yeah, friendship porch. And it's funny because I always say, I think the reason why I, you know, um, feel relatively comfortable in a friendship coaching space is because I did it so wrong back in high school and early college years. And because I know the consequences of doing it wrong, it's given me more insight into how we do it right. And so, you know, I have my bad friend seasons, even now with all this stuff, I just had to, I call it my apology tour. I had to go around to some friends and apologize recently because I am in the trenches with the, with, you know, a baby and the book and so much stuff that I have canceled plans. I have mm-hmm. totally forgotten things. I told a friend I commit to, and then I forgot to come through for her. And it was just like a, a whole month of just dropping the ball. And I had to go around each and say, I am so sorry. I've not reached out. I haven't prioritized. I've been I've been gone. Forgive me. I'm hoping we can reconnect now that things are a little slower. Fortunately, I've created a circle of people who are very, they hold me accountable, but they're also great. And they know, okay, this is not how you typically operate. So I know that this is, you know, a a small thing compared to how you normally are. I forgive that. So fortunately, I have a circle that that has a nice balance and, you know, they forgave me. We're fine. Um, But it just goes to show that we all are, sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it right. But I have to keep being intentional, intentional about showing up, um, keeping my word, making sure that we get hangouts on the calendar. You know, I know that there's sometimes this division and misunderstanding between married friends and non-married friends. I get that a lot. Probably one of the most common questions like, oh, she just got married. Now I don't see her. And, and if you're noticing that in your friendships, like, oh, I have friends who they had babies or some kind of life change. A couple of things. One is I still very much need my, my single friends without kids because it reminds me of another side of myself. And I know there are a lot of women who they become moms and that becomes full identity. And they forget other sides that you have as a woman. And those friends, they offer me some new perspectives and they keep me reviving other sides of Danielle that can sometimes go hidden in the dark if I just get into mom mode. And I need my friends who help keep me in that other mode and remind me of of all of who I am um, and what I have to offer aside from being a mom and a wife. And so I need my friends for, for that reason, among many other reasons. But if you find that with a friend, you guys are going in two different seasons. One thing I say is, um, stop making assumptions. I've seen that as the biggest killer. So mm. we'll say, oh, well, she, you know, she's married. She's got the kids. So I'm, I'm not going to bother her. I, I've been I'm that gonna, friend. Mm-hmm. We've all, right. Like I'm not, ah, she's got a lot going on. I'm not going to bother her. That's an assumption. Or, you know, we're not going to invite her on the girl's trip. Cause I know, I know she's got babies and I know, you know maybe she can't afford the trip right now. I'm not going to bother her. I'm not going to bring her in. She probably can't. So what's ironic is we do this for the people we know the most. We assume, oh, I know them so well. So because of that, I'm going to behave in this way. Now on the other side, I've got mom friends who are like, my friends don't invite me out anymore. They don't. So it's like, I can see the divide. And a lot of it comes down to, we assume for each other. Or the mom friend says, oh, she doesn't have kids. So she probably doesn't want to hear this. Or she probably she probably can't even relate. I'm not going to bore her. And the other friend's like, gosh, I wish I, I feel like I don't know your life. Well, yeah. I'm not sharing it with you anymore. Because I assume I know what you're interested in, but you're not. So the first thing is catch yourself. When you're about to withhold an invitation or information or 
an attempt to connect because you assume your friend might catch yourself yeah. and go through with it anyway. Let her tell you. As a matter of fact, yesterday I have a friend who's a really new mom. And for the past couple of days, I have been wanting to call her and I've been thinking about her a lot. And every single time I've been like, gosh, she, you know, like I can picture her. She's probably nursing and she's, it's crazy. And on the fourth day of that, I was like, you know what? No. And I called her just a random one, didn't even schedule it. And she said, I am so glad that you called. I've been like yeah, thinking about you. I'm so glad that you just picked the phone and called me because I really like need to talk to somebody right now. And mm-hmm. it like almost brought me to tears because it's like, here she is thinking like, man, I wish my friends were checking on me, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing because I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, I got to take my own advice. And it was just like such a game changer. So when we're in different seasons, stop assuming. The second thing is find a way to, to stay interested in some aspects of her life. So, you know, may, you know, if I'm a single woman and somebody gets married, okay, maybe I'm, I haven't been in that world yet, but can I still at least be like, you know, so how's married life? Or like, hey, do you, you know, I've had a friend, <laughs> this might be TMI. Okay. But I had a friend who was like, oh, how are you guys doing? Do you want to go to, you know, look for something cute that he might like you to wear. I mean, it was funny and silly, but it's like, she's not married, but she still was like, well, let's make fun of it. You know, like, yeah. can I, you know, do you want to wear something sexy? Let me come with you. Let's pick out something sexy for you. But it was just like, it felt so nice because even though she's not married, it was still something we could enjoy together. Like, it's not like we're on two different worlds. We can relate to having a good time picking out cool lingerie and it was fun. And it was just like, she, she's finding a way to intentionally stay involved instead of being like, well, she probably has different interests now. And so, you know, stop assuming, stop saying, I can't relate anymore. What are the things you can relate on? And the final thing I'll say about staying friends in different life seasons is to announce when you feel a disconnection, because we deal with it and very privately. If you miss your friend because she's doing all these other things, say so. I'm going to cry. <laughs> you know, I mean, because we don't. If you are a, a married woman and you miss when your single friends asked you out and they don't, miss, and it makes you feel lonely, to say it, to say like, man, I got to say, I've been feeling a little neglected. Like, I, I miss you guys. I see you're hanging out without me. I know I've got the baby and stuff, but like, I'm over here by myself. Yeah. I miss you. Oh. And just what? having a friend say, uh, <laughs> no, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? what's going on here you know what i think it's because i think it's hearing something that we don't hear so even hearing you say right now we're imagining hearing it from another friend and i think it it stirs up oh my gosh i didn't realize i was so hungry to hear this yeah from my friends to say like i miss you but we'll say it romantically oh man i miss you but for a friend to be like girl i miss you i feel like i'm out here by myself you know And, and i know we're good but i'm just spending time with you can we can we do that soon Yes, that is very vulnerable. Um, but how do we expect to get our needs met if we keep our needs private and secret? Those are the three things I think will keep us connected when there's different life seasons is stop assuming, find a way to stay interested in their new season. Mm-hmm. And how can you communicate your desire? I think that would make a world of difference. And you're reacting strongly to that. What are you thinking? Yes, she has me crying because I... <laughs> because. I think because some of my friendships are 10 to 20 years, I'm I'm guilty of some of this stuff. Mm. Like, oh, I I assume, oh, she's married now. So I'm not going to call because she's probably busy with her husband or, oh, she has kids and stuff. And so I don't have children. So we can't do the play dates like she can do with other friends or, you know, some friends, you know, move to other states is different time zones. And it's too mm. late. It's like, but like you said, it's the assumptions and it's me probably not communicating, right? Like I'm assuming that because their life has changed, our friendship has changed. When, like you said, there are still ways we can relate. There are still 
ways that we can connect. I have one friend who she is all the way on the East Coast now, three hour difference, but we love music. We met in dance class. So we'll share songs with each other still. You know, I have another friend, she's a big reader, so she'll share books and stuff. So it's like, okay, those are the ways we can relate. But it's also just communicating and having those questions and saying, hey, I feel a little disconnected. Because I I feel that way sometimes with friends. Like, dang, I feel a little disconnected. And I feel like, I'll be honest, I've said to myself, like, dang, I need some new friendships. But in reality, it's like, instead of feeling like I need new friendships, how can I water the friendships that I Mm. do have right now? So that's why I think I'm like teary-eyed about it. Because it's like, I miss my friends. I love my friends. I love my girls. And I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how how can we connect better? Or how can we connect again? Or is this friendship over when I feel like I I don't want it to be over, but what can I do to make sure that we can get back on the same page? So you sharing all that information, it's like, okay, that's so good. Like I need to stop assuming. I need to communicate. I need to just say, I feel a disconnect because they might feel the same way. Like who knows? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I know, I'm sure there are women who who are listening to your show who always listening and they're resonating with how you feel right now. So I'm glad that that connects. Thank you. Thank you, Danielle. And I know you have to go. I just want to ask one more question. Um, Say we'd want to check in with our friends, like how we check in our relationships. Like, hey, are you happy? What can we do better? Let's go date night, whatever. What can we do with our friends? How can we check in? I know asking a question or saying, hey, I feel disconnected. Or are there other questions we should ask to make sure like we are still connecting in the way that brought us together in the first place? Yeah. Um, so one thing, and, and you can you can announce that you know it's random. Sometimes that takes the awkwardness out to say, hey, I know this is random. But to say, um, what is the one thing you need most right now? I'm trying to do a, a friend check-in with everybody. So okay. I'm coming down your lane. What is the one thing you need most? It might be something that has nothing to do with you, but just her feeling more known because somebody knows what she needs. She's not, she's not keeping it private anymore. And maybe it could just be you listening. Like you can't fulfill it, but you can at least listen. So even saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm checking with all my friends. I'm coming around to you. What, what do you need right now? Yeah. What can I help with right now? What do you need right now? Um, even if I can't help with it, what do you need? Um, is a way to start getting that conversation going because I know sometimes the, you know, how are you? How's it going? We have canned responses ready, but that's just kind of like a little twist on that question that forces them to give an answer. Cause most people aren't like, no, everything's fine. If I say, what do you need most right now? The assumption is you need something. Tell me which one you need the most. That way it doesn't give you room to say like, oh, I don't, I don't need anything. Um, so that's one that I kind of like to do when I feel out of touch. It's just like, let me make around and, and see what's going on. It might be something that totally surprises you. Um, so things like that, little questions like that, let them know you're top of mind for me. And I have a desire to, to, to stay in touch with you and and to help meet your need and to support you. And so those questions can kind of communicate that. And should we do this through phone call, text, face-to-face? Whatever you feel comfortable with, but I will tell you as close to in-person as possible. I know we can't always have that. So if you can't get, you know, A, then okay, go for B. If all you've got right now is a text and she's on your mind right now and you don't want to lose it. So you're like, let me text her. Great. But you want to make sure that you're interspersing that with as, as, face-to-face interactions as possible. And there's research that supports that. So I know some of us are like, oh, we text and we're cool. That's fine. But as much as you can supplement that with like some face-to-face interactions, if she's long distance, can we put a a trip on the calendar so I can at least have the security and knowing I'm going to see you soon instead of like, oh, we should get to, we should, yeah, we should get together. We should, we should, we should, we should, we should, you know, it's like our anthem, but just to be like, you know what? I'm booking it for November. I'm coming to see you. This is happening. But now I have the security and knowing I'm going to, I'm going to see my girl. It's not for a while, 
but I'm going to see her. So as much as we can be intentional about interspersing face-to-face interactions, I I think the more we do that, the better. Danielle, you are incredible. Thank you for speaking (laughs) to my soul. And your podcast is amazing. She has topics on how to support your friend when. She had a whole series and I listened to them. I'm like, this is good. Like how to support your friend when maybe she's married or when even if she moves or she has children, like whatever it is. So ladies, listen to the Friend Forward podcast as well. Danielle Jackson, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I just want to say, go girl to you for helping women (laughs) out here learning how to maintain friendships, set boundaries in friendships, knowing what's a good friendship, what's not a good friendship. And you are appreciated. Like you are amazing. So go girl. Thank you so much. And thank you for allowing me to to lend my voice to this very important conversation. This has been really fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook? A Woman's Interactive Guide to Self-Love. Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.